0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Online with Light. This is Right Worship Brother Nick Ives and I'm your host. And I'm so happy to be here with Brother Cyril Emble. Brother Cyril, how are you?
1: Fine, thank you. Very happy to be here.
0: And you are here, uh, almost drafted as part of the Committee for Masonic Education. We're doing a series of mini seminars related to uh, COVID-19 and how we deal with it as Masons. And so thank you for being drafted into service.
1: Um, I'm really glad to help. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a different time. Um, Masonically speaking. And, uh, I think, and I mean, globally as well. And I think we, we're all doing our part to cope and, you know, hopefully come out of this healthy and having had something to learn.
0: Awesome. Well, you're going to to certainly help us all with that. And, uh, I want to start with a little bit with your background. Um, I know that you work for a software company. And Mm -hmm. you do a lot of video conferencing as it is. And our main focus today is talking about how are we going to change as a fraternity because of all this video conferencing and how are we distilling our meetings and changing them? And you're a member of Quinta Essentia, is that right?
1: Yes, that's right, QE.
0: So you have short meetings, like the shortest there can be. Could you just tell me a little bit about what a meeting is like at Quintessentia and how you distill down, I know that you guys like to use that term, the quintessence of a Masonic (laughs) meeting. What does that mean for you brothers over there?
1: Um, It's really interesting, QE being a very uh, large, I mean, we have a lodge of 14 members. And it's it's pretty interesting going into a meeting because there are times when we have all fourteen members there. There are the times when we may have about you know it, we range anywhere from about seven to about uh, to to the the whole roster. Um, a lot of the QE members have a technology background. It's not a requirement for the lodge, but it just kind of happened that way. So for them, um, coming to a meeting means you know, being there, getting the meeting over with, which means whoever is leading the meeting, the master, or the senior warden, or even any brothers who have anything to report have already come uh, are already coming in prepared. Um, We're not spending a lot of time reading minutes. The minutes are usually typed up, shared with the entire lodge in our secure um, online group. And then the main points of the minutes are highlighted. So if there's a question that needs to be discussed, that's brought up. If there is a decision that needs to be made, that's brought up. So our meetings tend to be extremely condensed, and very short, then you know we move on to the fellowship.
0: And I think that's an interesting point you make that you come to the meetings prepared. Um, yes. I, I've been to meetings where brothers look around and say, well, I'm going to propose something new. Let's brainstorm. And they're brainstorming in Lodge. And that seems to be a, <laughs> an awkward process. And I've been to one quintessential meeting and it was right to the point. And everyone knew what was going on Like before the actual vote went down. Um, it's yes. a very different model. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah, um, it, it is. It, it's it's become a, a thing where ritual is important. We want to focus on that. Um, We want to dedicate a lot of time to our fellowship and our activities outside of Lodge. So we make sure that the meetings are concise and condensed and everyone is well aware. The emails go out, minutes are highlighted. And of course, there are times when an issue will come up and a vote will have to be held. But so far, the two masters that I have, been privileged to be a member under, have always followed the same format and been very precise. Hey, this is a decision that needs to be made. This is my suggestion. Do we have a discussion? One or two people say something. If something needs to be tweaked, it's tweaked. The vote is taken. We're done. Um, (laughs) We're not trying to brainstorm that's what the fellowship is for,
0: we'll brainstorm you know, during that time. Whiskey helps the brainstorming, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Makes it go down. Um, most of your meetings are held um, in the graduate club. I know that you have some that are held in New Haven as well, but you, you've you had meetings right there in the, the small little side room and then gone right to uh, fellowship.
1: Yes, the the graduate club is a great place to meet because they do have those little uh, side rooms. And uh, there are times when we have, uh, we even have our festive board, depending on the number of people uh, present that evening, we can have a very small room or we can have a larger uh, conference room. But um, it's, you know, going back to the colonial days where um, uh, the members of the craft met in a tavern, had their meeting in a separate, Private room, and then you know, had their fellowship afterwards. Um, so the graduate uh, club provides the perfect venue for for something like that. Um, but yeah, we we have our meetings right in the graduate room. We have important discussions; decisions are made sometimes um, right there and then. I remember my my. Uh, EA degree was held at the graduate club,
0: <laughs> and, and that's pretty neat. You you did it right there. That's awesome. That's yeah. memorable. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I, I would have a question. You mentioned the role of technology. Uh, yes. That that plays a, a role in helping to prepare your lodge in advance. Could you just talk mm-hmm. a little bit about like what kind of technology you, you use? So if uh, you know if a lodge was out there thinking to themselves how can I streamline this meeting? Because, you know, some lodges you go to, it's two hours of minutes and nothing really. Uh, What would you recommend in your experience to help streamline the meeting using technology?
1: Well, the fortunate thing is that we are, you know, we live in a time where such technology is available and a lot of times it's free. So we have two email addresses, um, well, two email groups which is one membership and the other has you know friends and family and members of qe so if it's a a social event that we need to announce that goes out to the larger group if it's a large business that needs to be discussed like our minutes and such that will go out just to to the group of members so everyone is coming in having access to the minutes so that you know the master can just simply say okay the minutes were sent to everyone here are the main highlights and then we vote to accept the the minutes because everyone has it you know easily accessible on their phone um, and has the ability to read it before we come into the lodge um, more recently because of uh, social distancing our meeting has included zoom so our last, um, our last meeting was supposed to be our festive board, unfortunately, because of social distancing, we couldn't. So when we received the email with suggestions on, hey, what are we doing? Are we canceling, are we meeting? Um, Brother Charles came up with the idea of having a Zoom meeting. And then, of course, the jokes started coming up. Yeah, we'll, we'll put on our tuxes and, you know, just <laughs> be in our boxers <laughs> from the waist down. And um, although those were jokes that went flying back and forth, when the meeting started and we all got together, I would say about 80% of us had our tuxes on, you know, just to maintain that that feel of uh, a sense of formality and sort of. A semblance of actually being in the graduate club for our our festive board, and that went really well. Usually, for the festive board, we have um, a you know cocktail hour, and we have very formal toasts during that time. And we kept the same format. Um, we all had our toasts on screen, and um, different people were chosen to give the toasts, and it went extremely well.
0: Well, it seems like I know that we can't do, quote, business as a lodge over Zoom or anything like that mm-hmm. because of the secrets, but it seems like the important part of the meeting didn't really include the secrets. The important part was connecting and talking with one another. That, am I capturing that right?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, it was extremely, uh, you know, useful to get together and, and connect that way. Um, it also helped us to sort of, air our feelings on what's going on around the world, and dare I say, even our fears of what's going on around the world. Um, And we took that opportunity. Usually the festive board also includes a discussion topic, either someone presenting or leading a discussion topic. And we kept the same thing. Um, In this case, our discussion topic was, okay. when this when all this is over what are some of the activities that we can we can engage in to jazz up you know uh, the lodge and to get keep um our interest level high and you know suggestions came up for let's uh fellowship camping trip um you know family included um let's you know have some topics that you know, relate to the craft, but go a little on the far end of, you know, of the spectrum. Let's discuss such topics. And so my suggestion was, let's discuss what is the main purpose and message of ritual in general, any kind of ritual? What is it? How, how does it shape us? So that's going to, our next meeting, that's going to be the topic that we're going to discuss, but it's, uh it, it, it was a perfect opportunity for us all to get together. And I'm glad we didn't cancel the meeting, but rather moved it online.
0: That's great. And you know, it's, it, it's a couple of things that interest me, but I'll say that since we've been social distancing, I've mm-hmm. been on the phone and on video conferences with Mason's like crazy. Like yes, like, we, we couldn't stop. <laughs> the phone has not stopped ringing.
1: Yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like everyone is forced to reach out to someone um, because we're no longer taking for granted, the ability to meet in person, you know, having lost the ability to meet in person, we are more um, aware of how precious that is. Um, I usually would call my four siblings, you know, individually, but then last Saturday I piled them. We talked, we all talked for two hours, and it was a great way to catch up.
0: Um, It's funny. My wife's family did that on Sunday. We always do the, she always does the individual calls and she's like, no, let's all do this uh, Google thing and let's, let's all uh, do the, with the screens. I said, okay. So we actually did FaceTime was what we did. And I showed her how to link everybody in. And um, we had not only her, but her sister, her parents, her grandfather, uh, the kids, uh, they're in California and everyone was like all together. And her mom actually said, boy, I really like this. We should do this again. And, (laughs) So.
1: and I'm I'm really liking it and I think it's one of um it's really one of the more poignant um you know okay. lessons that we're going to take from this period of um, of challenge is that going to a meeting is is no longer a you know just another thing that you can take for granted it's it's a huge privilege because, you can because uh very seldom do we think about the fact that there may very well be a time when we won't be able to do this. But now here we are. <laughs> We're not able to actually meet in a large room and go to a meeting. So I'm'm um, um, I am learning that this is just this is extremely, you know it's a huge privilege that we shouldn't take for granted. and I'm hoping that the entire craft comes to that realization.
0: I tell you, it's interesting how. Uh, there were certain brothers who hadn't been able to connect before uh, we had one brother of meridian lodge that i'm a member of and he lives in new york city and he actually was like i'm really happy to get to see everybody and, <laughs> and we yeah. said by the end of the conversation you know we do regular lodge but we should include a virtual lodge once in a while just to reach mm-hmm. out to people or maybe someone's at home and it's hard to come to lodge or they don't like driving at night and it doesn't have to replace lodge in addition to but you're right that that lodge experience is so much sweeter um, yes. when you're in person. Uh, one thing yeah. you mentioned about, you have two emails, one mm-hmm. for the craft, the membership, but you also have a family email that goes out to everybody. And I thought yes, that was family really, and friends. that's interesting that you, you have this like second circle that's still part of your lodge. And could you just talk a little bit about the role of family at quintessential lodge?
1: Um, the Well, Family to the craft is always important. Um, We're all men of, you know, family age and we not only want to bond as brothers, but it's, you know, no brother is complete without the entire brood of people that make them who they are. So it, it is extremely important that when we do, when we have our fellowship events, we, we, make every effort to to include um, our, our family. And uh, in the case of Kiyi, one um, formal fellowship dinner, um, our one formal festive board is right after the installation of officers in January. And for that, all the spouses are are um, invited. And there's usually a discussion that goes on, a discussion topic that someone leads, and it's really interesting to get the you know the wife's perspective on on a topic that's being discussed, um, and I think it 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 feels almost fuller to get the feminine perspective on 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 certain topics, um, and you know, having events in the summer, like our, our summer picnics where, uh, Charles is there with Ela and, 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 uh, and, and the kids and, um, you know, Jason has his wife and his two daughters there and, um, Jonathan with, with the boys and just seeing the kids and how they interrupt, interact and, you know, kids running around it. It, it, I, I dare say that is when I feel like, okay, this is, this is a complete, you know, a complete thing. Um, is extremely important and and I think all, um, all lodges should, should have activities multiple times a year, not just at, at Christmas or, you know, a summer picnic, but multiple times a year when family can be involved.
0: And that's pretty interesting. I know that when I sometimes go to lodge events and I uh, think about the family events, it's almost like we have them there for us instead of for them. And yes, you know, we, we, it's like, all right, we're going to put on a big ceremony. We want you to come and watch passively uh, what you're talking about, having people actually <laughs> uh, share in the discussion and uh, give perspective. That's uh, a really Engaging topic, which probably makes them a little bit more supportive of the rest of it, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah. you're someone who is often on these video conferences. You know, you you say you work in software, and and video conferences sometimes par for the course. You know, you have to meet with people, and being through a video conference is how you do it. And as we talk about trying to maintain that connection in this time of quarantine and coronavirus. Um what are some tips that you would give to people to say, this is how you can make video conferencing work for a Masonic setting? Like uh, you, you know you had great feedback on yours. Um, what do you see as being a, a functional like way of going about this is how you have a good, strong meeting that isn't awkward and isn't funny. so?
1: Um, it's it's important to I mean fortunately, the the structure of a, of a Masonic meeting, you know, helps to move things along. There are points at which you know um, discussion is solicited. Um, each officer is asked what they have uh, on their on their desk, and you know what they what they have to contribute. So the structure is already there, but if you strip out all the ritual words, all, that structure can remain, and the business gets done. Um, but at the same time, in in, in any video conferencing you know time is limited you can't you can't be on these things for too long before people start wondering and go you know looking at their phones and surfing and just building castles in the air so time has to be limited we have a start time we have an end time um get through the business and then leave some time for that fellowship because i think in especially in a time like this we all need that fellowship and we you know, let's not bring the, the boredom, you know, online. Let's let's give each other some time to to speak, um, and call on those who are being quiet. Um, you know, it, it. And I have to give this to you, Nick. You're extremely, you're extremely good at doing that during our our CME. Uh, meetings, making sure that everyone has something to say and, you know, at different points calling on individuals to, to give a perspective. Um, so that something like that has to be maintained and people has to have to be, you know, engaged when, when they're being quiet.
0: There is a certain passivity that happens sometimes as you'll get one or yes. two members, they kind of watch it like a show and they're like, just mm-hmm. sitting back <laughs> You're like, and brother so-and-so. And so they are like, what? And you see, like, they like, they don't even move. Like, you can see their face. And then all of a sudden, they, like, startle and move. And uh, <laughs> they attack the mute button to open up their mic. Uh, uh, that's something uh, that's sometimes hard to <laughs> warn them that it's coming. But you're like, and so, George. And then, you know, but then he's right on it. So uh, I want to do a sidebar a little bit here that you're on. Mm-hmm. I noticed that you have, this is from Facebook, a serious lego habit and i want to know yeah
1: um my wife calls herself a lego widow Um,
0: (laughs) tell us so you build giant lego sets huh
1: yeah i love i love what lego's been putting out um it's it's really uh, it's it's an expensive habit
0: (laughs) There are worse and less healthy habits you could have, but still, uh, yeah, I can see how that would get up there.
1: I I keep telling my wife, oh, at least you always know where I'll be. You always know where I am in my spare time. I'm either watching Lego videos or, you know, building one of my own. So
0: (laughs) So do you have a model that's like your favorite that you've built recently that you say like, oh, I just love that we did. You do a lot. I was really shocked to see how many you do.
1: Yeah, I have so many um oh man. My ultimate Lego holy grail was the Taj Mahal. Wow and until the um millennium the new Millennium Falcon came out, the Taj Mahal was the largest set that Lego had put about five a little over five thousand pieces. And I wanted this thing bad, but I missed it when they first had it out and then they retired it and the price just skyrocketed. And then finally they did a second release and, you know, I had to have it. So my wife got it for me my (laughs) birthday two years ago. Uh, But my absolute favorite is the London Tower Bridge.
0: Really? Interesting. Yeah. (laughs) So is there there King Solomon's Temple in there somewhere in your collection?
1: You know, it's so interesting. I think... I think it would be a great thing, a great set to have, but it's something that I'll probably have to mock um, in Lego speak. That's my own creation.
0: Oh, (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I'll I'll probably have to build that by myself only because Lego has a habit of staying away from religious subject matter.
0: Fair enough. I see. Okay. Uh, Yeah.
1: And I mean, there were a lot of people, you know, trying to get Lego to put out a, um, a Notre Dame set, so that it could be sold and the proceeds could go to help refurbish Notre Dame after the fire. And um, you know, like crickets from Lego. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I I really ab-
0: I really appreciate seeing those pictures online, and uh, I think that that's pretty cool that you have that hobby. And I've I've never known a master builder before, but now I, I am in no way a master builder. I believe it. <laughs> I believe you are. I've seen the photo. So if you follow brother Cyril on on Facebook, you're going to see great Lego sets. Uh, so some everyone's talking about politics and like what's going on that's bad in the world. And there's Cyril, like I built this Lego thing and it's great. It's so refreshing. I love it. I love it. I
1: think it cuts through the, uh, it cuts through a lot of the politics and I, I'm glad I have this hobby because I can so easily engage in the political diatribe and I've I would much rather
0: post Lego pictures. I appreciate <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, from me to you, I appreciate it. So as we're starting to wrap up here, um, I just, if you just have anything you want to kind of wrap up with to say, um, what do you really think is the key point? You're, you're, you haven't been a Mason very long, uh, but mm-hmm. I think you're someone who got active very quickly. You're engaged. You've stayed locked in. You're like the prototype for what we're looking for, for newer Masons. And, how has the the meetings at Quinta Essentia and the use of technology and all these things come together? What do you think is really makes you tick to say, I love being engaged and being a Mason?
1: Honestly, I think... I think it's... the educational aspect of the craft is what's really kept my interest. Um, I haven't met anybody who didn't join the craft with a lot of curiosity, wondering about, wow, is all the stuff that is said on the internet and in movies true? You know, like, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted the brotherhood, I wanted to, you know, do good in the community, all that. But every single person has a tinge of that curiosity. And I think going through the initiation process, gives you that sense of wonder. You you're you're hearing very complicated, very flowery language that when you pay attention to has great meaning of something that we all know, but maybe we don't have it, you know, in the forefront of our minds. So you start pondering these simple yet complicated subjects and you want to delve more into it. So for me, I think what I'm what I'm enjoying uh the most other than the the brotherhood is the educational aspect of it because masonry is has a lot of history so i want to delve more into the history of it masonry comes in with a lot of spirituality i want to delve more into it um i want to understand you know how the hindus see the creator. I want to understand how Muslims see the creator. I want to understand how, you know, I want to see everybody's piece of the puzzle of this entity that we call the creator of the, you know, the greater architect. And that is mainly what keeps my interests in the craft. Uh, And to foster that, you you have to be involved. You know, you can't you can't sit back because it's Masonry is almost like a university of life, but you're setting the course, you're setting the syllabus and you're giving yourself the grade. (laughs) So you actually have to be, you know, engaged um, to to get the benefit out out of that.
0: So I'm going to say, I am happy that you are engaged in Masonry and I'm happy you're engaged on the committee for Masonic education, because I think you're doing the job that's going to be helpful to many Masons throughout the state of Connecticut. So uh, thank you for sharing your views with us tonight. And uh, it was it's great to know you better a little bit. And I, that and that is my personal thank you. Uh, but I'm just glad to have you on board. And I appreciate what you have to say. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And um, your your leadership on the committee is, is, I have a lot to learn from. That's all I'm going to
0: say. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, Brother Cyril. Thank you. I, I don't entirely deserve it, but thank you. So this has been Online with Light with Nick Ives. See you soon.